0: Welcome to The Big Deal, where we unlock the details and drama behind the business of sport in Australia and around the world. Join me, Warren Tredray, along with Andrew Montesi and our expert guests as we take you into the boardroom for behind-the-scenes access and analysis of contracts, negotiations, endorsements and much more. Subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player and don't forget to sign up too at www.thebigdeal.au. For a weekly wrap of the latest deals, breaking news, and many more exclusive opportunities.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Big Deal. I'm Jack Hudson, filling in for Andrew Montessi once again, and I'm once again joined by AFL legend Warren Tredray. Treders. We spoke on Monday, a bit went down with uh, Port Adelaide in the fallout of the semi-final loss. Have you heard anything about your comments, and what's the feedback been from the fan base?
0: Well, as you're aware, I've got a regular spot on a Monday and a Friday on 588 here in Adelaide. So, um, yeah, those phone calls went off. But I was preaching to the converted, to be fair. A lot of the fans had worried this would be the case that the club would extend Ken Hinckley before its tenure, before the opportunity to prove himself in finals. Um, It was the 11th season and stand by exactly what I said. Uh, There are a few people who rang up and said I shouldn't be saying because you don't air it publicly. Well, The reality is I don't work for inside the club I'm just a fan like anyone else I'm a disappointed former player um who has seen I think a lack of due diligence in this this process you know when the question mark was always around finals I'm not sure how you can make a decision around performance in finals when the finals hadn't been yet um and what happened sadly uh Paul going out in straight sets is what every Port fan uh wouldn't be the case that was the risk they took the risk and now it's bitten them on the butt the fans are filthy and understandable and I only voice what a lot of fans have actually been thinking. I voice my own opinion, and a lot of people share those opinions. Um, we're yet to hear anything from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. They've just gone underground that says yeah, you're probably over the target, you're right, and they're just
1: hoping this will go away. Yep. And um, you've mentioned previously that had a lot of support behind the scenes from former players, stuff like that. Have you had much from that at all? Well, probably not as much as last time. I did get some a couple of telling inf- um,
0: uh, messages, and I know Tim Ginevra. Uh, former Port Adelaide Sandfield captain um, who works at AA with me um, has got a number from him. So, from his side of things. So, this is former players, former coaches, former board members, fans, influential sponsors. Yeah, there's a lot of people annoyed. But let's face it, it just feels like the the grassroots, the fans aren't being listened to. This is the concern they had ages ago. You know, sadly, Ken Hinckley, um, I think, done a really good job in his time at Port. But he's yeah, got the three prelims, haven't been able to get to a grand final. There's a team that was second all year slipped to third, um, have got glaring issues with the way they play, um, got beaten at their own game. We talk about stoppage game. Um, And the question remains, can he get us to a grand final, let alone a prelim final, and be successful? So um, he now remains, as I said before, I think the the longest serving AFL coach in history, Uh, 11 years not to get to a grand final. You can't hide away from the facts, and the reality is Paul jumped too early.
1: Um, and I don't think they went through a due process and, and governance to make the right decision for their club. Yep, and um, another topic you spoke about, Travis Boak, Um What's the latest with Boakie? Well, Bokey, um at his exit interview yesterday, and he pretty much said um,
0: he's either going to stay at Port, the club he loves. There's no other clubs involved. There was some whispers uh, floated in radio here in Adelaide that Western Bulldogs were interested, but I found that hard to believe considering he's 35-year-old, um, and not that age is a, a reality, but when you... Yeah, if you think someone like him can play a role for 12 months, absolutely. But you know, I also think, too, there's been pretty mature discussions. I've here to crack board. I think they would have handled this pretty well. I know they've had similar decisions with Robbie Gray um, previously where at the start the player sort of thinks they want to play on and then they come to the realisation that maybe that's not the option. The difference case here is that Bogie's Spotty's still pretty good. He still feels like he can play. He obviously had two, two or three collisions with his back, which didn't help his situation at the start of the season and particularly on the eve of round one. Um, And he's pretty much said he's got a lot to work through. Well, uh, one of the journos who asked the question from Channel 7, I thought was pretty telling. He said, so what are your options? Your options to stay at Port or to retire? He said, that's pretty much it. So I'm not convinced that he's still staying at Port. I think there possibly might be the opportunity at the end of this whole period that he might take up a last list spot. But I think really it's just a situation that maybe he has to come around to the mind to say that if he does want to stay at Port and there isn't an opportunity, he might need to retire. So this is a is a telling thing too because I, um, we spoke moments ago off here. Uh, I think you said that Chris Davis, the Woody Manager will front the media today, and I suspect that's to address some of my comments but also to address the Boke situation because um, – yeah, I think no matter what, Portney needs to be strong. I've talked for him to be strong. And if they believe he doesn't go on, they need to be strong. They can't be just rolling over because fans are filthy. Yeah, they need to do what they think is best for their list. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I, it's never ideal, this situation. Um, but do they want to... And then I think it comes back to Jack. Do they want to see Travis Pope, who's potentially what, three games or so away or four games away from 350 games? Mm. Do they want to be in a situation where they... Getting him his games to get to 350 in retirement, We've been in that situation before with Kate Corns. You can't have someone retire after round seven, round four, round five. If Boke does decide to go on, he goes on with the chance that, hey, if there's someone in similar form to you, you won't be playing. That's what happens to a lot of players. You want to give the kids the opportunity to build the premiership, the next premiership for Port Adelaide. So it may be that he plays for most of the season in the sample. I just think, I know Jason Cripps pretty well. Um, you know, and some of the other people down there, it's not the way they want their former skipper and one of their greatest players and and going to record hold of the finish in the sample. But if he wants to do that and and back himself in, well, and Port think there's a spot for the 42nd or 40th spot on the list, well, I think
1: that might come to fruition. But don't be surprised if he retires as well. And we'll move on to the games that Port Adelaide are not playing in this week. Um, Preliminary finals, um, GWS playing against Collingwood, Brisbane against Carl. What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is around... um, People are talking about competitive advantage to Collingwood. Yeah, they
0: you know, haven't played for a couple of weeks. Uh, could have been on a Saturday night. Yeah, it could. But they want the number one ranked the AFL to play on the Friday night, even though they've had effectively two weeks off. The Giants, are they that? Uh, disadvantaged? No, I actually don't think they do. I think I don't think they're disadvantaged really at all because, yes, it might be one day break that they would normally have. But the opposition, the argument too, is I've always found that if you actually have two weeks off, unless you have a genuine bang hit out, it, it, sometimes you can be a bit slow out of the block. So I think the Giants would be backing themselves. I was speaking to someone yesterday who knows a couple of the key players for the Giants. They're champing at the bit to play this game. So uh, I think anyone who wants to use that as a break, a six-day break, no, nah, unless you've got 15 blokes carrying injuries. Well, if they're injured, that's their problem. But I think they'd be, be absolutely looking at the Giants. They're underdogs. No one's given them a chance. Nick Dacos is set to return. Um... Everything's pointing to Collingwood. The AFL machine in Melbourne is talking about Collingwood, the biggest club, getting through to a grand final. You know, Craig McRae. All this. No one's showing any. Yeah, you know, they're showing. Some people are showing Adam Kingsley the respect and the Giants the respect for what they've But because they've come from outside the top four, no one's giving them a chance. And I think that's what. But what I saw on Saturday night against Port Adelaide, they're every chance to win because Collingwood hasn't been playing well. Melbourne outplayed them. They just kicked poorly mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I think they're every chance. But that whole theory of a six-day break, if you've got five in a row, yeah, it's an issue. Not on the
1: once-off. You just do your extra recovery uh, and you take your training. And on the other subject for fans, uh, 2014, I went across on a bus to the prelim final and we lost to Hawthorne, which that was certainly an adventure. But airlines, prices, they've always been expensive come this and it's just, it's just ridiculous.
0: Well, I find it... Uh, um, the irony of this is that uh, former uh, Collingwood president Eddie McGuire has raised this: how poor it is, and his point is right. But why wasn't this raised a fortnight ago? When seems like, for example, Port Adelaide had to go to Brisbane, and I saw the prices, and I just went, "Wow, that's ridiculous!" Yeah, you know, I was, my wife and I. You know, I went up as part of commentary. My wife was going to come for the weekend. It was a thousand dollars return for Brisbane. Like it's like what for twenty four hours? That's just stupid. But I get it now that it's in the Melbourne media, the Melbourne media cycle, a lot around the 10 teams in Melbourne dictates the economy of and the media cycle of uh, the 24 news hour cycle of AFL football. But I do find it funny and I do agree with Eddie's comments. Qantas, right? Mm. The flying kangaroo. They've had a, their own issues with Alan Joyce. Um, but who's the chairman? Richard Gordy's chairman of the AFL. They've been ripping fans off for years, right? The other one is, oh, Virgin. Virgin's the actual official partner of the AFL. They want to fly their... Um, big playing over on grand final days, their promotion, and they want to bring Robbie Williams out as the Virgin pregame show or whatever it's called. They've been ripping fans off for years. Why in a situation can we have where the AFL actually takes, not say, for example, ten millions the sponsorship, take $8 million bucks, and then subsidise anyone who signs up as a member? So all these fans who get their hard-earned, who are the economy, who help the 7 million people attend games, who pay the exorbitant ticket prices are actually in a situation where they might get 50 bucks off their flight. And, and on the other side, Virgin, run extra planes and get more people to Melbourne. So even to a stage that if, for example, the Giants fans are in the grand fighter and they can't get a ticket, they can be at, we see at the uh, tennis centre, where you've got thousands of people out. Not everyone can get into centre court when the Australian Open's on. Why wouldn't you do an event there to bring more people in to be a part of the atmosphere, even though you might not get into the game, ripping fans off has never uh, stuck well with me. And I think the AFL Commission and the AFL in themselves under Andrew Dillon, need to change the model. I get it, it's about money, but the AFL doesn't pay tax. There's a lot of things you can do to bring it back. I get it to business, but let's, you know, for a, for a company that doesn't pay tax, surely they can help out the grassroots footy fan because it's just becoming more and more unaffordable by the day. And then when their team, they get excited, their team is going to get into a grand final. They've got to make the decision sometimes a three-quarter time. Are oh, we going to win? Oh, how much am I paid? I'll oh, we'll worry about that later. It's just not good enough because if you had a family of four, you could be looking at 4,000
1: flights to Melbourne. Yeah, come on. That's ridiculous. And you add that onto to memberships like you try to get grand final priority as well. Like I pay eight hundred for two a year. That's not no grand final priority. Then you've got to pay the extra seventy five each, for just a semi final ticket. It's actually absurd how much it costs to actually see your team succeed and go to every game. Or
0: well, you can also do what our club did last week is ahead of the big game uh, with GWS after a disappointing um match uh, against Brisbane, they put out renewals for next year. How do you put out renewals for next year when this year hasn't finished?
1: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think Adelaide did that actually uh, round 23. I think if you renewed or put a dollar towards your next year membership, you get the last two games for free or something. So, well, yeah. well, at least you get an extra couple of games. Port just wanted their run to renew, and it
0: smelt like, hey, we think we might lose against the Giants on four before we get <laughs> <your> money beforehand. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Unbelievable. (laughs) But Jack, as we know, the silly season's about to kick off Mm -hmm. soon as the final, well, it's never really soon as the final siren on the last weekend of September finishes and the Dean premiers. It actually happens earlier now, even we see with trade radio starting actually before the season finishes. Mm -hmm. Brody Grundy's um, word is that he's telling people and friends that he's headed to Sydney, so clearly Port Adelaide's off there. Would that make sense for him? Lifestyle wise and football wise. And I don't agree with Caroline Wilson's uh, sledge. there. She said, well, well, Ports dodged a bullet because of that. No, it's a beauty of, you know, Geelong didn't dodge a bullet with Patrick Dangerfield because he chose lifestyle in Geelong as opposed to Adelaide and lifestyle. No, it's a massive win for Brody Grundy if he wants to go to Sydney. He will trade as hard as he would at Port Adelaide. He'll do as much vision as you'll watch at Port Adelaide. He'll do a much rough craft and physio and, and, and all the other bits and appearances, probably even more in Sydney than he would have at Adelaide if he came to Port. But you know what he can do? He can actually check out because Sydney's lifestyle is not the bubble-like AFL lifestyle is here. That appeals to people here. That appeals to people in Perth and it appeals to people in Melbourne. But it also, the Sydney and Brisbane lifestyles are very, well, even more so than actually Geelong. Geelong is different to Melbourne's lifestyle. So if you want to escape and that helps you disconnect and you play great footy, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't just say someone dodged a bullet because he chose not to go back to his home state. There's a reason for it. Yeah, better and- climate in better climate in winter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and-, and money is probably about the same. And-, and Sydney's ability to get this deal done, they got two second rounders, pick twenty two and pick thirty. That's effectively a-, a-, a second rounder is what got him to Melbourne in the first place. So I suspect that one of those. um Will end up getting there that he becomes a Sydney Swans player. So, yeah, for the remainder of the four years of that bumper deal,
1: he signed at Collingwood. Makes could sense. Also, could also help Shane McAdam get to Melbourne as well. So,
0: yeah. And let's face it. if the Crows think they're going to get the second round pick on the Cadden that Grundy gets, come on. The guy hasn't been in your best 22 the last few years. Yeah. I think they were eyeing Harrison Petty as well, was another rumour from yeah, Melbourne. So, that's what you'd want.
1: He's yeah. the one you want to get hold of because Petty was pushed as a forward when he's been a great third defender. Mm. See, see how it settles with that. Um, in terms of coaching news, Chris Scott signing a contract extension for Geelong. Yeah, there's been reports in the Herald Sun that he's going to sign till
0: 2026. He hasn't put pen to paper yet, but let's face it, um, he's been a, a great servant. He won a flag in his first year. I think he was over at Fremantle as assistant coach. He was looked at for the Port Adelaide deal, but Port couldn't afford him in the primacy era. He went there in 2011, immediately won a Premiership and revitalised the, the Cats list that had been successful under Bomber Thompson. Uh, he's since got to grand finals and fallen short numerous times. I think he might have only missed the finals once or twice in that term and and uh, certainly twice now, maybe three times with this year missing, fallen short. But it was only 12 months ago that he was um, holding up the Premiership Cup uh, with Joel Selwood for the last time. So I think he's a wonderful coach. I think he's proven that he's delivered and the deal through to 26 would make him one of the most um highest-paid coaches in the cop. And that makes sense because he's been successful. He's held up the cup two times and he's been a multiple person to perform and rejuvenate that list in that time. So I think it'll be great. That'll take him through to 16 seasons. Um With the Cats, it's been a wonderful performance. And for them who are thinking, hey, we're losing Bomber Thompson, who's won two flags, um, been runner-up once, and... You know, fell out in that prelim year that he left, and Gary Abbott left to go to the Gold Coast. Well, they could have couldn't have hoped for really more. Well. Yeah, maybe another premiership, but you know, they got beaten by Richmond up in that COVID year. And um, there's a lot to like of what he's what he's done. Also, to Sean Greek uh, has departed the Cats. He's uh, the former premiership player from Richmond, he's headed up to Damien Haggik uh, on the Gold Coast to be an assistant coach. Uh, we also talk about the other coaching rounds and the business of sport. Um, Looks like Richmond's down to two coaches. Uh, former Demon Adam Uze and assistant coach at Melbourne uh, did his final presentation in the last 24 hours. Uh, and Andrew so the interim coach, um, has done his, obviously, presentation. So they're going to have a decision to make. I suspect it'll be one of two things. It'll be in the next few days or it'll be in a couple of weeks. The AFL doesn't like any announcement on coaching or anything to be done in grand final week. They want it clear from other distractions. What I mean, other distractions... They want the Brownlow to have its free air on the Sunday promotion into Monday after the prelim finals. The promotions around that stuff, they then want the Brownlow medalist the following day. They want the trading then to take, and then they want, yeah, all the award ceremonies that do. And they don't want Richmond to come in and raid on their parade. They can do that the week after. Um, so I, I suspect that it'd either be very, very soon or, or a week or so's time because yeah, as we say the AFL has got all those things to roll out. the Brownlow medalist, uh, the entertainment Kissel do a promo. we all we all know what it rolls out. it rolls out yep. very conveniently every year and they do it very, very well, and that's why they want to control the new space on that. So um, some stuff that actually has been changed and fans, a lot would be saying, thank God. Oh, he's been pretty good. Veteran list boss Adrian Dodoro has decided that he's sort of going to step back in operations. He's been pretty much, I think, since the club for 25 years, since 98, in the full-time role as either head recruiter or list manager. Um, so the Bombers pretty much confirmed that um, Matt Rosa, former West Coast Eagles player and from the Gold Coast, he played 207 games. He's been the general manager of WA uh, Footy League, the Waffle Footy League Pill Thunder over the past three years. Um, so he will take over as the boss after this year's trade and draft period. And Dodoro will work as a, effectively a part timer. So he's going back into uh, less in the gun and more just a recruiter behind the scenes,
1: sitting in stands, watching games, watching vision, and not doing it as full time as he used to do. Yeah. And Port Adelaide will have to deal with Dodoro um, one last time this year with uh, Brandon Zach So Yeah, he, he won four first round picks for him. Um. <laughs> yeah, that'll work yeah. well. Yep, and more AFL news, uh, AFL class actions coming up. Shredders, tell us all about it. Well, we know there's the concussion class action happening, which I think was going to
0: make the insurance for the AFL players and coaches almost unbelievable and untenable, should I say. Uh, But it's interesting because there's a big story that's just dropped in the last week. It's uh, seven former players led by Phil Cracker, the uh, superstar from North Melbourne back in the day uh, in the 80s, um, he's quoted as saying, I was a 22-year-old kid that tried out for the big league. I was completely naive and full of dreams. I was hoping that the great things that were going to happen, it was a professional sport, and then the AFL allowed us to be abused and traumatized. So they said, we signed up to play footy, but we didn't sign up to be racially abused. So what we're seeing here is that we're actually expecting a number of other Indigenous players um, to join this suit. Um, and it was from ranging from 1975 through to 2022. So my my bit to first see this is, hey, I'm not saying it didn't happen. It's absolutely happened. remember the uh, famous Nicky Wimmer situation um, and some of the stories of the abuse that um, these Indigenous players had copped over this journey were horrendous. We know about that, you know, particularly the one at Victoria Park where Nicky Wimmer lifts up his top and points um, to his, his dark skin, um, Indigenous skin, and... Um, so I'm not saying this certainly hasn't happened. Absolutely, take it to the back. It did, but how do you prove that the damages? Yeah, you know, this is the bit I, I, I'm not aware of. I'm not sure. Some people will say it's a money grab. Not sure about that. But the the challenge here is, unlike the concussion, when you've got medical evidence, how are people going to see this evidence? Maybe they have this, but you know, it's you know, it's like any, when these situations to balance probabilities, and it's certainly the issue. With the way the world is right now, with the yes vote coming, and um, whether you choose to vote for that or not, the political space around racism in sport—the pride that stamp it out—this um, is a, an area that the AFL won't like. They won't like, and they won't want to deal with it. And they'll try and try and somehow hush it and keep it quiet. So, um,
1: I'll be an interested onlooker to see how this progresses and where this progresses to. Yeah, hundred percent. And speaking of things that looking interesting where they progress to, uh, Craig Hutchinson and SCN, Commonwealth Banker, saying, uh, where's the money? Yeah, this was an interesting story that dropped through the week. Um, Craig Hutchinson has
0: since gone on to make some quotes. He was in, I think, Los Angeles at the time when his phone probably started blowing up. And, and obviously, these loans were reported to be paid back to the Commonwealth Bank and, and they could call him in at any stage. With a lot of these businesses, and this is such his business, which he's pretty much built from nothing up, and then he brought Croc Media into SEN to create the Sports Entertainment Network, which is a big broadcaster of AFL radio rights. He also, um, as part of this, holds loans on you know, SEN Radio, Sports Entertainment Network, the Perth Wildcats, who he's purchased a new netball team as well. Um, and he's pretty much come out and said, hey, oh, the year gone, we just made $4.8 million before tax, depreciation, amortisation, etc." cetera. He said he's got an incredibly strong business and it's never been in better nick. Um, as we said, that $4.8 million uh, is a decent profit. And he said the health of business has never been stronger. In fact, we took uh, turned over a tick under $128 million. So this is all off the back of the Australian Securities and Investment Commission stated that the uh, Commonwealth Bank had the right to an immediate settlement on that money, which was due in August next year. But um, yeah, Hutchie has pretty much come back and, and, and clipped this story and... Um, this is all off the back, too, of um, people just going, yep, well, he made a $9.2 million loss uh, in the year to June 30. So they're thinking that the, the place would shut up. It doesn't appear that way when you're turning over $128 million and you owe, what, a, what 20% of that uh, ah. to a loan. So um, obviously his expense is big, but he, he says it's healthy and you you got to take his word for it because he's running the business. And I think he wrote himself a, a $500,000 uh bonus. That's, that's to make bad. his he earnings 1.5 million. So poor old Archer's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's got probably doesn't, that. doesn't sleep much. But it's an interesting no. one to keep an eye on because as we all know that's a revenue based model. Um like all idiot no. Um and you know and it's all about creating those revenues, buying all these things up. But you got to create those revenues to keep it all going. It'd be interesting to see how um because you speak to anyone in advertising, advertising has tightened up over the period, particularly post-COVID. Not many
1: people has got as much money. 100%. And we go from a bloke who's doing a right to a bloke who's probably not doing too good, Stuart McGill, a bit going on with him.
0: Yeah, well, it's not exactly sort of the business of sport, is it? But uh, Stuart McGill, you probably remember back in 2021, there was an alleged uh, abduction or kidnapping by him, um, of him, um, and they said that, yeah, somehow uh, he knew of involvement of the kidnapping. He was... Um, the brother of one of uh, his partner, ra uh, and he said he'd been targeted with a person who allegedly stole two kilograms of cocaine. Well, now it's been uh, the former test bowler, um, leg spinner, is being charged over his alleged role in the supplying a significant amount of cocaine. So this is an allegation. He's arrested at Chatwood's police uh, station on Tuesday night. So um, and charged with knowingly taking part. And the supply of a large commercial quantity of a prohibited drug. So that's the sad side um, from the sport when you're dominating
1: and you could be caught and head down the wrong road afterwards. Yeah, you definitely can sort of be off the rails, which is really unfortunate what's happened here. But we move on to basketball where there's a lot of dreams actually happening. Uh, drop brief, um to the NBA and, um, yeah, going good for the Aussies it seems. Yeah, it looks like the uh,
0: Portland Trail Blazers have added him to the roster. Yeah, one-year deal. um, And and Reith was the starter for the Australian national team at the World Champs. Did really well, or the World Cup, should I say. Um, Also contributed to the Blazers' summer league squad, averaging 13.7 rebounds. And this is the beauty of the FIBA World Cup because he's a guy that, you know, he really applied his trade with a lot of international experience, uh, stinks in Serbia. Uh, it's funny. I've seen some of the vision of Serbian basketball games. It looks like a war zone with the amount of firecrackers, smoke, and dancing, and everything going on. It's nuts. Um, <laughs> and he also spent some time playing really well with high quality basketball in China. So it's great that he gets his his roll of the dice. And there's a lot of players. You remember many years ago, Joe Ingle started on a getting drafted, then got there, got sacked, then went off to Europe, went to Barcelona. I think then he went off to some uh, maybe in Russia or Czechoslovakia. Um, the Czech Republic to play and then all of a sudden he creates himself with a, the Utah Jazz he gets an opportunity and then has been there for a long long time and obviously changed clubs more recently so sometimes just a small opportunity um, and yeah, you know, as we've seen with some of the NBA players this year a simple injury can create an opportunity where you, it becomes a career for you in terms of being in the big shot
1: after just a once one year deal another one DJ Vasiljevic as well um, champion with the Sydney Kings um, with the Washington Wizards um, with an Exhibit 10 contract. So really good news.
0: Yeah, and this is, you know, still has a uh, two-way contract opening. So, yeah, it could be in for, you know, competition for a spot to get into the team. This is the former Miami Hurricanes guard who obviously played at the Kings, opted out of his deal with the Kings, 36 games last year, averaging 13.4 points. So he's done pretty well. And um, as you say, you opt out for the opportunity to go elsewhere. And we see that a lot in the NBL because... um the reality is there's more opportunity, more money overseas than elsewhere. Um, but it has continued, hasn't it? Early days, there was a real pathway. Then the NBL dropped off for quite some time. And then you had um, a couple of young guns, uh, ball play and all that. And all of a sudden, uh, Terence Ferguson was probably the original with the Adelaide 36 it's All of a sudden, then those pathway opportunities have opened up. And we've seen numerous players go in, then leave, and then head overseas for greater opportunity because they've showcased their, their uh, good
1: performances in Australian basketball. 100%. I think the NBL sort of, it knows where it is in the basketball landscape and is doing a really good job of it, developing the players and showcasing Australian talent. It's in a very good spot. And speaking of in a very good spot, Scotty Pippen is coming down under.
0: Well, this is amazing, isn't it? Six-time NBA superstar, champion superstar Scotty Pippen played with the Chicago Bulls for the great MJ many years ago um, in the late 90s. He's coming to the AFL Grand Final. Yeah. A $1.2 million Australian tour. Imagine that. That'd be chump change to him. But he'd go, okay. someone go, Hey, you want to go down to Under? Yeah, what do you need to do? He goes, Oh, you go to a few parties, you sit and watch that Aussie rules game. Oh, yeah, they don't wear pads down there. Uh, <laughs> what else will you do? Oh, you just walk around to different boxes. We'll pay you 50 grand, 60 grand, 100 grand to do it. We'll give you 1.2 million all up and you get to catch up with Luke Longley, their mates. He goes, Yeah, no worries, Duke. Imagine that. So he's coming to Australia. Um, Sports Talent Agency, which used to be part owned by Craig Kelly, who's obviously now the uh, Hollywood CEO, TLA Worldwide, um, is hoping to cash in on and secure the superstar for fifty thousand dollars to appear at the AFL Grand Final Eve luncheon. That is the big luncheon on the on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll obviously want to talk to him as getting fifty grand. But for diehards with deep pockets, here's your opportunity. You can shell out two and a half thousand dollars for a three and a half hour cruise with thirty five of your pals on the super yacht in Sydney Harbour. All right, talking shop with Pippen and ex Bull's teammate, as I mentioned before, Luke Longley. You'd want to be a big boat because those two blokes would be about 250 kilos between them, so you wouldn't want to sink on <laughs> some little six-seater. <laughs> yes. Um, but wait, there's more. There's private dinners. It's 6,000 each also on the menu, so there's a bumper of things you can do and also situations too that if he's at the grand final the following day, there's an opportunity where you can actually have him join your box for a period of time. Um, there have been Jeez. all sorts of different prices quoted. Um, but let's face it, the AFL Grand Final, like the NRL Grand Final, like the Matildas World Cup Final, if they would get there, that that's where the big businesses and big pockets shell out money. They want to entertain their major sponsors and, and their biggest clients. And imagine if you're sitting there and you've got no idea about sport and you got roped along to the NB, uh, AFL Grand Final, but you're really a basketball man and Indian Scott Pippen walks in. How cool with that, um, but he's that, as we say, money talks and bullshit walks, but... Yeah, for two and a half thousand for a th- uh, three and a half hour boat cruise. Um it's pretty freaky. Big, big bucks, and uh, maybe he's gonna be uh, corporate box
1: hopping yeah. at the uh, AFL grand final a lot more than the uh former Premiership captors. That actually that actually uh sounds uh quite value for money, actually. That's twenty five hundred bucks for the cruise probably. Exactly. Oh exactly. They'd probably charge it probably charge you hundred bucks a drink, but that's all right. Well, it's like Adelaide Oval. Yeah, uh, exactly. Bad news for the Aussie teams, the Wallabies have lost to Fiji for the first time since 1954. What's going on
0: here? Wow. I've watched Rugby Union, I like to watch it, I've lost interest since um, pretty much 2005 or 2003 when we lost the World Cup here in Australia. The game is challenged. We know their broadcast rights have dropped away. Their interest has dropped away. They haven't handled things well. They've got Eddie Jones back in, and recent letters like Cup. I thought, well, hang on, they're actually very close to getting results. But as Wallabies legend Campese, David Campese, wrote for the uh, Planet Rugby, as a proud Aussie, it pains me to watch the Wallabies lose to Fiji without really firing a shot, and looking looking so short of basic rugby skills and IQ. She whiz. You know what? We can't discuss it any more than that. He <laughs> says we didn't fire a shot and we don't have basic rugby skills or IQ.
1: I suggest that Eddie Jones has got a bigger job than we thought. Yeah, I wonder if the reserves would have done any better. Now we move on to the Premier League. Everton. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Timmy Carl's former team. Um, Merseyside
0: derby with Liverpool. Used to be a massive team in the English Premier League before the money kept coming in and now it looks like they've finally got an ant- anticipated deal to acquire the uh, Everton football club with mm-hmm. Florida-based Triple Seven Partners. So these Triple Seven Partners, I think, have actually got part ownership in Melbourne Victory, or they have had in the past. The deal will see that Triple uh, Seven Partners or Seven Partners acquire a controlling ninety four point one percent stake in the club from the previous owner. Now it's been a difficult period for the club because. They effectively were headed to relegation mm. um, before the manager saved them, and that was the new manager, uh, Stefan. Sure, Sean Dice. Sorry, I never said Stefan. I did say Stefan. Sean Dice. Previously, Frank Lampard would been moved on in that role. Um, five straight years of financial losses and ongoing delays, and they were warning ongoing delays. What I mean that they wanted to. Um, Reboot Goodison Park. They want to rebuild, re-establish, build new stadium, do all those things. But the rising costs, obviously we've seen in the building industry the last two years since COVID have gone crazy. It's made their costs even bigger. Um, so effectively, they are they needed a critical lifeline um, and they're on life support to stabilise their club. Their performances got done 1-0 against the Arsenal only a few days ago. Um, but the reality is they've got to somehow stay in the top flight um, and to get through this period. And they're hoping that... Um, this Florida-based 777 partners are going to go, hey, let's get some money, let's pay some players, let's somehow keep ourselves in the top light, build this new stadium and then build their footy club up. Because sadly, they're like a number of the the teams. They make huge money to stay in the Premier League but you look at all the top 8, top 10 top 6 teams that get into Europe they're all the big weeks. they are all got the new stadiums. They've all got 60,000 50,000. Even Chelsea are looking through Bromovic in the previous ownership were trying to find a new stadium or be able to make more people get into grounds. So you look at Arsenal's done, Tottenham's certainly done. Um, it, it's just about revenue. It's a big boys' business, and sadly, Everton has slipped away because they haven't been able to um, make more money out of their assets,
1: and it really affects how much they can spend on their players. 100%. And elsewhere in the Premier League, and Foster doing it again. Uh, Tottenham flying, and as an Arsenal fan, it feels a bit weird to be supporting an Arsenal, that Aussie <laughs> manager. Oh, I agree. I'm a
0: Gunners fan too, but I've always liked Ange. Interviewed once on radio many years ago and just really liked him. And he's a Carlton fan, so he might be watching the AFL this weekend. He's a blue bagger. Um, but they were down 1-0 in the 98th minute and in the end, in the 100th minute, a wing 2-1. It was amazing. And what you love about Anch, he's embraced their fans. He's defended their fans. I love his press conferences. I used to love Ross Lyons' press conference because if Eugenio didn't come prepared, he got clipped in the AFL, right? Same thing happens now. He's calmed down a bit, a little bit, Ross, but Eugenio <laughs> doesn't suffer crap, doesn't suffer fools, doesn't took, put up bullshit. Even to a stage that, in one of their press conferences recently, they asked who his Australian actor. He was going, oh, who's the Australian guy that sang at Soul with uh, Nicole, um, with... Um, Robbie Williams. No, no, no. It was the Australian uh, singer who sung with... Uh, Kylie Minogue and he should go on oh, oh. everyone kept keep going Peter Andre uh, they kept throwing all these different names <laughs> he goes no no not everyone listens to Peter Andre in Australia it was Nick Cave <laughs> he was trying to remember <laughs> um, but yeah there was some funny presses and then he's just ripped people and what do you say about this what do you say I goes, mate, his presses are brilliant he just clips journos he, he shows absolute respect he defends his fans and obviously as you mentioned Done a song. Um and Ange ball's gone crazy. They're playing really attacking brand. And I wonder if Harry Kane thought, Did I read it leave at the right time? Did I do my own work on this manager? Because they are playing an attractive brand of
1: football. As much as it's yeah. an Arsenal fan. And we play them this week in the North London Derby. One of the other things I have loved about is, like he's look, nurtured his players. Like Richarlison, he just backed him in the He supported him publicly. And yeah. he he scored and provided the assist to all that result over Sheffield United, so it's not magic things that are a little bit trite about the trip to the Emirates this week, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yep. I will. Yep. this team will win. Fingers crossed. Um, speaking of uh, winners, we go to Discus, and Matt Denny has set a new world record at the Diamond League in the US. Yeah, also, the most important bit, I think,
0: business and sport, the big deal, yeah, forty six thousand bucks is a great bonus to Denny with twelve months out from the Paris Olympics. So great effort. Brilliant. And forty six thousand in your skyrocket. I yeah, wouldn't mind forty six K. So I reckon I'd rather this one though. What about the yeah. NFL? The Ben uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow signs a record extension, becoming the highest paid NFL player in history, signing a five year, two hundred and seventy five million US deal. So that's four hundred and twenty seven million Aussie dollars. The contract's Jeez. extension on September 7. He's now in a form slump with calf injury. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, what are you going to fix those issues? Yeah, just uh, r- have your calf. You're going to put put a couple of dollars in there. That should sort it out. In the F1s, Carla signs won a stunning Singapore Grand Prix. Max Verstappen was knocked off the podium, coming fifth, falling down, <laughs> um, failing to win for the first time this season. Piastri... Um, the Aussie went from 17th to seven. George Russell crashed, uh, missed a chance on the podium. And this is the interesting bit. I'm at Dan Ricardo is out injured after that crash. There's reports going around that Torre, his team, which is effectively Red Bull 2, um, he might be in the seat for 2024. Hello. Obviously, they're the junior team, as I said before to Red Bull, and they're pretty much seen as the production line for any of their rising stars f F1 Journal has pretty much come out and said the decision will be to stick with the under pressure driver, Yuki Tsunoda. Um, and he's been struggling. But the rising star who took Ricardo's spot is Liam Lawson from New Zealand. And the Kiwis impressed since replacing Ricardo. So this is a really, really interesting situation because he picked up championship points, the young New Zealander, just his third race on Monday morning Singapore Grand Prix. So, um, it's only reports. It hasn't been announced. But as we did say, the question was when Ricardo had his test, is he up to it? Is he going to be able to do that? Because they made a the decision to move on the previous driver. Well, he did deliver. He obviously had a crash and hurt himself. So maybe it's his last chance to learn to say, Hey, we'll put him in. We'll keep the young Kiwi Rising Star to sitting there, jumping at the bit. And maybe Ricardo gets the first half of the season next year to go, Hey, this is your spot if these
1: reports are correct. Now, we move on to some really funny stuff. We had the marathon last week. Um, yeah. So La Liga has yep. done that's, a- that's, uh, that's the Spanish league, right? The league. Yep. 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 So they've done a partnership, which is the two biggest names in football. So they've yep. done the Liga, so they're now sponsoring a Welsh team. Yeah. You want to have a crack at that? <laughs> no. It's your bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I honestly
0: can't, but it's- Honestly, so, it's, yeah, so it's, about, prob- it's probably about thirty letters, right? Yeah. So Leland Fair Plaway, G something something Gugot Goch William FC. What the hell's yep. happening here, Jack? i got no um, idea.
1: Yeah. So they've done a uh, yeah. So they play in the uh, North Wales Coast West Division One. So it's the fifth yep. year of Welsh domestic football. But yeah. So yeah. the deal is between the two biggest names of football, and it's going to have the local community at heart. So. How do you yeah. fit that name on the jersey? Uh, I'd argue you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, go to the MLS, and this is one of the more bizarre stories I've ever heard. Uh, CF Montreal player, uh, Matt uh, Mililovic, is yeah. under investigation for, for an assault in an amateur league. He's been playing under an alias and has been suspended from punching a player. So he plays in the MLS. Right. Uh, so he so he plays- plays plays
0: for CF Montreal, right? Yep. So this is, they invested several hundred million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, several hundred thousand dollars, sorry sure, to get him over. So he's an Argentine player, gum player. Two years on, it hasn't really worked out. They signed in. The midfielder's potential pretty much largely unmet, with two goals and two assists from 35 games. And then less than a thousand minutes of footy, you know, on the field. So the fans are pretty much waiting, still waiting for this breakout moment, but I think, sadly, the, the fans got it wrong because the, the fans from other clubs have actually got the breakout moment. As you say, surprisingly, milijevic I think that's how you say his name, took to the field in an unexpected place, the amateur QCSL League, which is established in 94. Right, It's a niche league that plays in smaller synthetic turfs, mainly in Laval, the northern suburb of Montreal. So he played on the Him under a different name. (laughs) He's played three matches, right? In the Tuesday game, he kicked six goals and two assists. Most of these goals were sort of a single match, right? And he was main player of the game. So the only reason he got caught out is people actually realized who he was. So it appears that a close friend who also participates in the league extended an invitation to it. But his involvement didn't stop at playing. While attending a playoff game to support his mate, he allegedly spatted an opponent when the team was down 5-0, five nil, is, right? The situation escalated rapidly where there is was an insult uh, in Spanish. He reportedly struck a player in the face leading to an incident, the game's abrupt ending, and he was ejected from the venue. So this is funny, though, because not only did he play under the wrong name, they actually got him to actually play under his own name, and he still persisted to do it. So I'm not sure how smart this bloke is. So the victim of this assault, He's actually still weighing up whether they press charges. So yeah, for any budding AFL superstars who want to roll out to the Adelaide Footy League or um anyone from the NRL who decides just to go and play fifth division grade rugby in Sydney, you're gonna get caught out. Yeah. That's <laughs> the moral of the story. And if you're Daniel Ricardo, yeah, going out to the uh
1: I don't know, what League little shops to do burnouts <laughs> you've got to get done especially if it's in a McLaren <laughs> oh jeez I think that's a good way to end it But um, well, thanks for joining us all on The Big Deal remember to like and subscribe and uh, yeah reshare share our stuff and uh, see you next week
0: thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Big Deal before you go Don't forget to join our community by subscribing for free at www.thebigdeal.au and get a weekly email bringing together the hottest sports deals, breaking sports biz news, as it happens, and much more. Join me at www.thebigdeal.au.